Hello and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia Magazine's podcast. I'm Hattie Crissell and each week I speak to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of advice they really value and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. Our guest this week is the actress Amelia Fox. She's perhaps best known as the forensic pathologist Nikki Alexander in Silent Witness, a role she's been playing since 2004, and according to IMDb, she's filmed 136 episodes. Next week, though, she returns alongside Dawn French in a brand new series of Sky One's Delicious, which starts on Friday the 28th of December at 9pm. We caught up on what to expect from that, and Amelia shared what she's learned from inhabiting the world of a forensic pathologist, and lots more. So, over to Amelia. So, we're about to get a new series of Sky One's brilliantly juicy drama, Delicious. What was it like filming the third series, and what can we expect from it? (laughs) Um, It's always lovely coming back to Delicious and working with amazing people, um, like Dawn and Sheila and Tanya and um, and so there's that lovely sense of familiarity and being able to develop a character like Sam and I think there is a real difference in this series when I think back on um, series one of Delicious which is often described as a comedy drama there wasn't much comedy for my character Sam in that <laughs> first series it was quite traumatic discovering that her husband had had an affair with his ex-wife and then he died and then all the inheritance was given away to uh, the ex-wife played by Dawn. And so then there's been a real evolution in the series of um, seeing in the second series whether Sam and Gina could uh, forge this working relationship and whether they could recover from what had happened Um, to their husband their shared husband and then series three is a sort of deeper mining of the Vincent Benelli family life at the Penrose and at the heart of it are these um, four women of very different ages and through them themes of um, of love and trust and friendship and parenting and grandparenting and sex all of those are explored but with this all-encompassing feel of seize the day and that was a really joyous thing to um, play in this series was a sort of leaving the trauma behind and seeing what was ahead in the future and and that gave room to sort of fun and pranks and some good old-fashioned romance. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That must be, as an actor, um, such a rewarding experience to be able to move a character on and see them grow. Yeah, and Exactly. Is that something you really enjoy? Yes, and it's something that I've appreciated so much in all the years that I've played Nikki Alexander on Silent Witness mm-hmm. too, because you know the character and you can bring bits of your own life experience to them, but also you're asked to do things as an actor that you wouldn't get to do in real life. So there's a lovely balance to be found in that, in knowing a character, but being asked to do different things with that character too. Yeah. So speaking of life experience, yeah. I've been very impressed by the homework that you've put into doing your life <laughs> advice for Grazia. It's really lovely to see how much you've thought about it. So let's get started. So your first piece of advice, tell me about that. Well, I thought about it as being my number one piece of advice because I was asked not a long, long time ago. And it's sort of shocking to think that this is what happened. So um, I I didn't know this person very well, but knew them well enough for her to ask the question. And she went, 
who are you? And I was like, why, why, is, why is she asking me that? And uh, I said, well, I'm a mum and I have an eight-year-old little girl called Rose and I'm an actress. And, I, and she went, no, 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 that's not what I'm asking you at all. Who are you? God, no pressure. And, uh, no pressure. And I was like, <laughs> it was interesting. I defined myself through my work and as a parent. And I think this is the particular period of life where, you know, there is a sort of juggle of bringing up a young child and working. And in some ways, you slightly lose yourself and lose your identity and knowing um, what you want from life. So it was a good sort of eye opener to go, hang on, what do I want from life? And I'm a great believer in, you know, nothing should hold you back from what you want to do. But maybe it's about finding what you want to do at this stage of your life. And then giving yourself time to do that so really trying to understand who you are and yeah. what's going to be important exactly to you. yeah how interesting um your second piece of advice is one that your grandmother used to tell you what what was that yeah so when I was little I it was a uh, I can hear her saying it now manners maketh the man she was very specific about how children should have good manners and I was certainly brought up like that as well and um, it made me think of what is also the ethos of my daughter's school, which is to be kind and courteous and courageous. And of course, these are things that we encourage in our children. And, you know, so much of school is focused on qualifications and tests and exams, but life skills like having good manners and um, being kind and courteous, courageous can get you as far, if not further, in whatever in what field you choose. But I also think there is something to not ignore as well, which is that it can be easy to focus on helping others and and actually it's important to think about yourself as well. Yeah. Um and in fact someone said to me again not long ago they said you know you need to give time to yourself and I was like I don't have time there isn't time and it almost um we didn't speak to each other for a while because I was like and this is someone I was really close to because I thought they don't understand that I don't have time and actually now I've come to an understanding of that you do need to make time for yourself just as much as you need to focus on on others in your life. That's really interesting. So, and also there's the, you know, there's the whole aspect of how much can you give to others when you yourself are running, you know, on empty, Absolutely. essentially. Yeah. So how do you do that? Are you somebody who is quite careful to put aside time for kind of, I mean, I know it's a terrible cliche to say self-care, but, you know, is that something that you think about? I or? haven't done it. And time management is not my special skill <laughs> right. at all. Um, but I think these things occur and make me think about actually it is something that I have to focus on more. And I think that probably gets easier, you know, when, you know, my daughter's at school now and the work-life balance is... Um, something I'm more conscious of and they're very conscious of it at work as well that I have a family life that is a priority to me. Oh that's great it's good to have that understanding. Yeah um, and so your third piece of advice was another family related one. Your family motto was to the brave nothing is difficult. Yeah. So my great great grandfather Samson Fox um, chose this to be the family 
motto. I love that you have a family motto. I know. We should all have a family motto. And I didn't really know about it again until quite recently. Um, and the symbol is a fox on a corrugated boiler flue. Um, because that's what he invented, which eased sort of steam travel. Um, he was an inventor and he was the mayor of Harrogate and he worked his way up from um, the factory floor to being an entrepreneur. My God, and, amazing. Yeah, and very, and he had a passion for the arts, but he was not involved in his working life with the arts. But he championed his workers and then there was an awful tragedy that happened and he got sort of vilified by the press. And so it's quite a contemporary story as well, which I discovered on Who Do You Think You Are? Um, but I like the, I love the sentiment of to the brave, nothing is difficult. And I think it was Disraeli's um, motto as well. And it's something that I feel is quite important to be able to take risks and to be able to seize opportunities that you're given in life. And, you know, in my profession, you never know what is coming next. And I quite like challenges, even though I'm someone who day to day life um, likes consistency. I think it's good sometimes to do um, different things, the unexpected. And I certainly wouldn't have done a show like Mission Survive, um, the Bear Grylls show, if I hadn't had that um, attitude towards it. Do you think doing that show has changed you? Did it have a lasting impact? Um, did it make you braver? Uh, I think it did make me braver. I hope it made me braver. I did it. You know, everyone was doing it for different reasons, but I wanted to show, you know, that I could do that for my little girl and be able to do things like, you know, not be afraid of um, just packing up bags and going and um, and living that kind of life and knowing what to do as a single parent. <laughs> um, and it was extreme out in the Costa Rican jungle and... And I'll never get that opportunity again, but I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad that I experienced it. Do you think it gets easier to be brave as you get older? I mean, I personally have found that it has because I was completely unbrave do you sort of think 15 so? years ago. Yeah, but um, I think it can work both ways. I think when you're younger, there's a sort of invincibility that you think, oh, I can do anything. And then as you get more responsibilities in your life, you're, you can be more cautious and yet I think there's a desire to do more. I certainly have a desire to do more. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's what I'm thinking. And experience more. Yeah. yeah. And I think also you perhaps you get a bit more aware that time is limited. So yeah, it's a bit exactly. like, well, if I want to do this, I'm just going to have yeah. to go and do it. Yeah. And that's something that I have learnt from Silent Witness as well, from doing 14 years on Silent Witness and from being at real postmortems is that there's nothing that makes you more aware of the sort of brevity of life and that we you know the first one I saw I was like oh is that what life is you know is that what it comes to you know um lying on this mortuary slab with people that you don't know watching your post-mortem and he was an older man and so that I suppose there was a sort of it was a slightly more natural post-mortem in a way than the very unnatural you know a young boy who had had his life taken and I came away from that second one with a whole different feeling which was you just don't know how long we're here for and I mean that not in a sort of depressing way but in a really uplifting positive way that really we must make the most of each day. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good message to take from something that could have been incredibly bleak and yeah, depressing. I didn't experience. feel bleak at all. I felt actually sort of how incredible life is and how lucky we are to be given it. And then that makes you reflect on all sorts of other things, you know, about, you know, we have such a sort of obsession with age and appearance and, you know, just as much as one can appreciate youth because you're never going to get it back. But um, age and experience is a privilege. And that is something that um, I, I think going to those postmortems helped me realise. Yeah, absolutely. That um, brings us on very neatly to your fourth piece of advice, which I think was inspired by Dawn French. Yes, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dawn um, very often quotes this poem Um, by Jane Hirschfield and it says I I moved my chair into the sun I sat in the sun the way hunger is moved when called fasting and the whole feeling of that poem is one of positivity moving yourself into the sun and it's about I think I mean everyone will take something different but about perspective and how you know, if you think of it as hunger, then it's something that you are craving. If you think of it as fasting, it's seen in a completely different light, in a spiritual light, in a in a positive light. And life is full of choices and we make those choices and you can't change the way that other people behave, but you can change the way that you behave and that affects the way other people behave. And so I think even when times can be very dark, if you move your chair into the sun, what that poem says and what Dawn says to take from that is a choice that you make. And it's something that I think is, it was, I was watching back the first episode of Delicious and it's Mimi in it, who is full of sage words and advice, says something very similar in that she says, um, if there are things that you want in life, and I think she talks about it in terms of success and love and and she says then you have to be the one to go out and get it Um, and as the character she says I can't do that for you and so there's something I think in both those things which is that we have that choice and if we do have that choice then we must use it ourselves. That's very empowering I like that a lot. Have you always been a sort of look on the bright side kind of a? Yes I hope so. I've always thought of myself as someone who wakes up on the sunny side of the bed and I you know that's not to say I haven't had experiences in life which have been challenging but I I think that all experience happens to you things happen to you good and bad for a reason and it's what you make of them that matters and it can be really tough sometimes but the tough can also be rewarding in the end and transformative in in some ways yeah So your fifth piece of good advice is about family and friends, the value of family and friends. Tell me about that. So this is sort of hugely important to my life. Um, And it's it's something about not taking, well, not taking family and friends for granted, not really taking anything for granted, whether that's, you know, work or health or, but particularly with family and friends. And with family, what really made me think about it is doing who do you think you are? And I was asked to ask questions of my dad that I had never asked him before that followed my dad's family tree, as it were. And I think I'd shied away from asking him about things to do with his dad 
because his dad died early and I know that it's something that is is a sort of, of course, a vulnerability for him and a sensitivity. And so I just hadn't asked him. And I think doing Who Do You Think You Are made me realise how vitally important that is to not take our family for granted that they will always be there to ask things of. Because very often we don't. We just go, our family's there, we'll just... We won't find out about them. Mm, talk about it later. Exactly. Yeah. And the later might never come and you might never have done it. So who do you think you are? Um, gave me an opportunity to explore family life in a way that I would never have done otherwise. Um, you know, and family life can be difficult as delicious is <laughs> a good um, example of, but it's worth trying to overcome as many difficulties as you can and 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 not take them for granted um and friends so um this piece of advice came from um someone who's recently come into my life called Nix who um on Delicious 2 um I'd never really sort of done any sort of health fitness training and then I met Nix and she has given she's sort of encouraged uh, an enthusiasm for fitness and for feeling confident Mm. and she's got all sorts of advice but one of the things that she said about friends really um I related to which is to I wrote it down again check on your strong friends check on your quiet friends check on your happy friends check on your busy friends and Friends are hugely important to me. You know, relationships come and go, but your friends are there, you know, hopefully throughout. And um, it can be very easy when life gets busy to not check in on those friends or to think that friends are okay. But it is important to make sure that even if you don't hear from friends, just checking in on them sometimes is, um, I think, goes a long way. It's so true because I think often as well when somebody hasn't checked in with you for a while you think oh well you know she's busy and when you do say how are you doing you find that there's a reason what you know that they're dealing with something and they haven't had the sort of headspace to talk to anyone about it so again it's not taking your friends for granted yeah that's lovely so your final piece of good advice I've noted it down as in the end, life boils down to what makes you happiest. You can elaborate on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it really comes from my parents um, who, you know, they're super down to earth, private people. And they definitely have eccentricities, which, you know, when I was growing up, that was agony. But now as a parent, you know, you cherry pick all the things that were good in your growing up years so I was thinking about what their you know the things that I've sort of grown up not thinking about but taken on board that have affected my adult life Um, and they're you know from little things like don't diet they've always eaten healthily my parents so I never grew up around dieting parents and I'm sure that's affected my relationship with food because I just eat healthily um, and I don't deny my thing, myself things, but I also don't, I'm not overindulgent with things either. So I feel like I can balance, um, have a, I hope, a balanced relationship with food. And I would like, certainly now I'm the parent of a girl, I would love her to have a good relationship with food. My dad is an absolute advocate of not smoking. And now, of course, quite right. I'm like, (laughs) so don't diet, don't smoke, eat healthy, feel healthy. 
um, and using common sense, um, enjoy being young because you don't get that back. Enjoy being old because it's a privilege. Um, and they've always, I think because we've, you know, I've chosen to do the same profession, which is entertainment. So they've always said, for God's sake, don't take yourself too seriously with it. You know, this is an entertainment business. Um, maintain your financial independence. So if anything goes wrong in a relationship, you can look after yourself. Um, they've always said to be happy being by yourself, not depend on being with other people, to have perspective. And my dad, I asked him actually even before, you know, I was asked to do this. I said to him, what, what do you think you've learnt from life? What's the most important thing? And he said to be calm. Oh, really? How interesting. And um, the other thing about him is that he's always been a great lover of nature, but that's where he wants to be, in the garden. And I did a documentary about an amazing Victorian artist and botanist and traveller, and she's called Marianne North. And she said something which is one of the quotes I think I will have with me for the rest of my life, which is... Begin now by observing as much as you can of what nature teaches and you will find a new happiness in life. And I definitely find my happiness in nature and gardening and my dad does too. And that I think is what he means by being calm and taking things back to their roots. That's lovely. What a lovely note to, to end the good advice on, although we still have to get the worst piece of advice <laughs> you've ever received, which I was really shocked about, actually. <laughs> T- tell us what it is. So my grandmother, who was a sort of, um, she was wonderfully wicked um, and I love her. She's not alive anymore. Um, she could be brutal, but she was twinkly too. But I will never forget that after I did Pride and Prejudice, um, she told me that she had, and bear in mind that I hadn't really wanted to be an actress when I did Pride and Prejudice. And I didn't really, I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to be one after Pride and Prejudice. But she said that she discussed my career as an actress with another member of the family and that if I wanted to succeed, I would have to entirely change my appearance. (laughs) And of course, that could have taken me down quite a magnificently dangerous route um, of insecurity, you know, about appearance, but about all sorts of other things. Um, And for some reason, I decided to take it as a challenge to carry on being trying to be an actress. And luckily, um, I, I got a job while I was doing my final. So I didn't think about it too much but um I so I took it as a challenge to succeed but I also can't bear the sort of the judgment of appearance can be a judgment of one's success but I think that you know success if is not about what you have necessarily achieved career-wise success is if you can look back on your life and feel happy with who you are as well as what you've done. Thank you so much for all of your thought that you've put into this. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Amelia. Series three of Delicious starts on Friday the 28th of December on Sky One and Now TV. If you enjoyed Grazia Life Advice, please do subscribe, rate us, review us and share us. It really helps spread the word. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to. 